for Chilling with Quillen on ESPN Central Texas. I love it when we uh, we get some chilling with Quillen going. And that's just his theme song. This is what he asked for. And it is time for Channel 6 Sports Director to join us. I do want to tell you, Curtis, as we start, would love to get you signed up for some of these Big Ranch Western Wear uh, boots. You can sign up. If you come by here and put your name in, um, this is pretty unbelievable. You can win a pair of boots. Is that right? I mean, my gosh, Stephanie, I can't believe we're, they're doing this. So, Curtis, keep it in mind. I mean, you're a man that from the San Antonio area. You're no stranger to a pair of boots. So if you want me to submit your name and number, I'd be happy to do that. If, you, if, you, if you're interested in winning some, some uh, new cowboy boots. You know, I love the uh, the diversity there. We go from click, click, boom to Curtis. Let's get you some new cowboy boots. It's uh, something you can only get with Quillen, right? <laughs> yeah, chilling with Quillen uh, can go anywhere. And uh, I, uh, what size are you, Curtis? By the way, um, uh, I know it's kind of a personal question, but I just want to make sure I get the proper information in there. Are you about an eleven? I'm a uh, 14. I think that's where they start charging oh. uh, extra material for the uh, for, for gate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, I tell you, we're uh, we're over at Los Cucos today. So if anybody wants to come and sign up for this, um, you just come right over here, and it's kind of 340 and uh, Highway Six. Los Cucos, right off hard by 35. So that'll be great. Now, Curtis, before we get into the high school, I, I love the game of the week. I love it with the GOTW that Channel 6 does. I like the treatment you give it. I like everything about it. And we'll get to that, kind of let you present that to our, our folks. But I can't I mean, the Board of Managers, and again, the commissioners probably could still mess this up, but – the Board of Managers did vote. The College Football Playoff Board of Managers, this has a lot of several presidents on it, 11 presidents and, and, uh, and chancellors approved the original 12-team model, which includes the six highest-ranked conference champion champions and six at-large teams, the board announced on Friday. Now, are you... Uh, this is This is exciting, and we'll see, like, how quickly they can make it happen. The commissioners could perhaps even make this happen as soon as 2024. Uh, Curtis, what did you, um, or how surprised were you when you saw that they, this was going to happen and the fact that they actually voted on it? I mean, there was only a 50-50 shot that they were going to vote on it, so it does feel like there's some major momentum now. I mean, I wasn't surprised at all. I think it was pretty inevitable that it was eventually going to happen because you have half the college football coaches in the country last uh, last summer just railing against the way the system works. And, like, I'm not sitting here and saying that SMU is going to win a national championship or that uh, even that Central Florida's national championship would have happened had they made the playoff, so, you know, the one that they, they claimed like it was 1942. Um, but I will say <laughs> that um, everybody at, getting their feelings hurt last summer when Texas and uh, Oklahoma bolt to the SEC and, oh, my gosh, everything has changed and, we can't do this 12-team system anymore. It's dead in the water. And really, with the same proposal being the one that passed today, all that happened was it looked like everybody kind of mustered up that, yeah, we had our pride hurt. That's really all that changed. 
and now we're going to approve the same system, but the only thing that's different about it is that Texas and Oklahoma are in the SEC, and USC and UCLA are in the Big Ten now, and pretty much it just hurt the Pac-12 in the process, and you could argue it hurt the Big 12, although the Big 12 has done a reasonable job of landing on its feet so far. Time will only tell what happens with the Pac-12. Why couldn't they do this last summer? That's, that, that's a question I would like to have answered is that, you know, when this proposal first came out last year, I think it was pretty inevitable that it was going to pass. Why now? What has changed other than four power conferences? Curtis, I, I, think, um, I think that is uh, exactly right, right on when you, when you bring that up. Uh, and I, I'm looking down here. I thought you'd like this statement. And in my way, Mac Rhodes said something almost exactly like that yesterday. Is like this should have been done six months to a year ago. And I, the one thing I wanted to uh, read to you, though, it said it might take weeks or months to work out the possibility of playing a 12-team uh, playoff in 2024 or 25. While CFP officials have laid out the obstacles, such a sudden move, venues, hotels, and television contracts. Money can loom as a powerful motivator for change. <laughs> do, you, do you think? I thought that was the big, the biggest understatement of the year. That money, money can loom as a powerful. <laughs> I um, yeah, I, th- I thought you, I thought you would um, appreciate that part of it. Now, Curtis, let's get let's get going for uh, last night. First of all, let's look back a little bit. Uh, Mart gets it done against Marlin. That was a weird thing, having to change that game to a Thursday night. And what a everybody changed it on. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. What was your what was your biggest takeaway from that one? Uh, Mart's back. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. My biggest mm-hmm. takeaway from that is is Marlin doing what Marlin did last year, where it kind of struggled out the gate and then got things together later in the season and. You know, made a run to the state semifinals, or is Mart just that good? Uh, I mean, the answer could be somewhere in the middle. It could be a combination of the two. Um, I mean, obviously losing Darian Gillette doesn't help the Bulldogs, but, like, they bring a lot of pieces back from that state semifinal team last year, uh, pieces that Ruben Torres was very excited about. I mean, it's week two. You're not winning state championships based on results in week two. Uh, but at the same time, my goodness, Mart looks the part of a state powerhouse this season man that 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 right there gets me excited i mean think because that would make how many powerhouses in and it's not like march they're no stranger to being a powerhouse but i mean you could make the argument if we were going to try to label and say how many it doesn't matter what classifications how many powerhouse programs we have could you say five would you? I mean, I'm just trying to think of all classifications. I mean, truly, I think you could have as many. You could make the argument that we have as many as five flat-out powerhouses, maybe even more. Does that sound like the right number? Yeah, and that sounds like a, a pretty. That sounds like a pretty good number. Um, I would say that at least two of those are in Class Two A. Another one's playing a really good ranked matchup tonight at home, and then. Uh, you know, if you start going into emerging powers, teams that have been making a consistent run on the bracket in November and December, uh, you could you could start getting into the double digits pretty easily here in Central Texas. 
Yeah, it is remarkable. I was talking to a Metroplex coach the other day who had coached down in this area, and out at Clifton at one point, and that's what he was saying. He said, I try to pe- tell people in the Dallas-Fort Worth area all the time that the best football in the state is right there in Central Texas. Okay, take us to the uh, to the game of the week. Um, you know, the game of the week, boy, some people were ready to kind of the, the Marlon Martin thing kind of changed things on everybody, but what are you uh, – what are you kind of focused on tonight as you send everybody out into the field? Um, you've got uh, Matt. You've got Nicole. You're deploying a, a very talented staff. Where will everybody be this evening? I have a hardworking staff, and I'm excited to see what they can do tonight. Uh, we're going to be uh, – our game of the week now is Connolly and La Vega, an awesome rivalry game. And uh, if, if Mark Marlin wasn't uh, – wasn't, if Mark Marlin had originally been scheduled on Thursday, we would have been at Connolly and La Vega from the jump. Um, it's an awesome rivalry game. You have two very talented teams, one uh, both with points to prove and both who had very eye, eye-popping results last week. I mean, 34-7 over Kennedale by La Vega, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's a very good result uh, for the Pirates. And, uh, you know, they, they're they a little young, especially uh, – Especially, I think on the off one of the one. I don't remember which side of the football it is, but I know that they're young on one side of the ball in particular. Uh, but man, that was a really. I've never seen a bad Kennedale team. Have you, Matt? Because if I did, if I'd seen one, it was it'd be the first. Uh, that was a pretty good result. And then sixty-five twenty over Mejia for Connolly last week, last week. I mean, that offense is explosive this year. I think this is a really fascinating matchup to me. Um, you know, watching the highlights last week, we sent Rocky Bridges to go shoot that game. He's a, our chief photographer here. And, you know, I, I noticed that La Vega, La Vega's passing attack is uh, continuing to gain steam. And I know that Don Hyde's always said that, you know, we can, we can pass the ball. Like, we have a pass attack. It's just that we're such a physical team, and we can usually get so much success running the ball that, like, we don't use it until we need it. And uh, I don't blame him one bit on that. And so... Uh, I love the way that La Vega's offense looked last week. I want to see uh, what if he can do it again. You know, with a defense as talented year in and year out as La Vega, what can the, a very explosive cadet offense do? I think this is a fascinating game of the week. Other games that we have our eye on tonight, Matt, uh, Nicole Sheeran's going to be at Centerville Crawford. Uh, that's a fantastic matchup in a potential state championship game preview, question mark, because wow. – Centerville looks wow. like a team that can contend in Region 3. Crawford looks like a team that can contend in Region 2. Regions 2 and 3 wouldn't meet until Arlington. Uh, you know, this could. I, I think both of these teams are very talented this year uh, and good enough to get to state this year. And then, you know, you've got some other matchups, uh, Rogers and Schulenberg. How does Rogers uh, follow up a very impressive win at Academy last week against a really game Schulenberg team? Yeah, I saw you had some stuff on Twitter about Schulenberg. I also love the uh, to, to get out there and support some of this six-man football and show some of that. Um, had look look like it's a weather delay out there in uh, in Jonesboro, but man, this is these are these are this is such a fun time of year, and y'all do it uh, as well as anybody. I, I did love watching you last night on Twitter. Just, I mean, I could tell how much you've missed college football. Because you were just, you were almost oh. like play by play. I mean, you were, uh, and of course Oklahoma State, your alma mater, was. Uh, they, and again, I was watching that West Virginia, and then I got onto that Purdue game, and both of those had interesting endings. I cannot believe, and I think you, the, the coach at West Virginia, 
and he, and he came out and said after the game, Neil Brown, Neil Brown. said, I would have done the same thing again. Yeah, and it's they had a, they had a, they had a touchdown lead. And they're, so they're up 31-24. There's six minutes left. He's got fourth and inches. He's got a young back that's been running over people and, and seemingly can do some things. And, 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 he, and he elects to punt. And you know, honestly, it, it's bad karma. And quite honestly, being a Baylor guy, uh, I, it, it makes you appreciate Dave Aranda because he would have done, you know what he would have done. There's no doubt. He might have done it on his own 40-yard oh, yeah. line. But you're you're at midfield or wherever they were, the forty-five yard line, and you make that decision. You're asking to lose the ball game, and and, and karma bit them because that drop or the the ball that went through the hands of the receiver that was a beautifully that was a fine thrown ball, and that was just a fluky, horrible thing to happen. But that 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 uh, Curtis was pretty sad to see a coach make that call at that juncture of the game and i i'm afraid that neil brown if he continues down this path um you know there could be trouble ahead for him you know neil brown's a very smart offensive coach i don't understand that decision one bit i think you're taking your foot off the gas by punting on fourth and inches like that with lead with the lead with momentum on the road in a just a an absolute blood rivalry uh, i mean my, yeah the throw the throw and the catch as soon as we saw the replay we all knew that was coming back uh and that it'd be ruled incomplete Man, what a game for jt daniels what a game for the west virginia defense uh there uh especially in the first half or in the at the beginning of the second half rather um my biggest thing is how mad did that game make you a, college, a conference realignment matt 11 years without that rivalry that was awesome. I uh, I agree with you, and I saw that I saw that tweet out there. And then uh, I want to send people uh, to the Kurtz Corner. Um, you know, and and by the way, he puts his picks out. Kurtz Week One Big Twelve football picks are out there, and uh, for people that like to, uh, um, are these against the spread? They are, aren't they? Yeah, all these picks. I'm just looking back at them. Um, that's, um, yeah. Okay, good, good. I'm just making sure. And, uh, Baylor over Albany. I just, what is that? What is the spread? What's the latest spread on that game? I don't even see a spread listed here. It's like 40 something points. So I, I, I can't even find one on ESPN, which is where I go to. Um, I will say Matt Lively's <laughs> very in tune with things, with things happening in Vegas. He found the spread okay. in one book and it was 41 and a half. Okay. But he yeah. also found that it's a little bit of a mixed bag for Baylor covering against FCS opponents. <laughs> okay. I like that lively. This worries me because at Lively's age I was I was dabbling in that area too, and that could uh, that could that doesn't always lead to great things. Um, Curtis, it's always good to visit with you. Have a have a great evening. We will be watching uh, channel six and then I hope to see you out there at McLean Stadium uh, tomorrow as the Bears open with the Great Danes. Never underestimate a Great Dane. Never underestimate a Great Dane. Matt, I appreciate you, man. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate you. There he goes, Curtis Quillen. Sometimes, Aaron, when I'm on remote, you know, there's a little delay, but I kind of I like to think of it as uh, Curtis just a preg- giving it a pregnant pause. Giving the giving the statement just a moment to breathe, 
and I appreciate that about Curtis. Okay, Aaron, it is a time for campus.